0: Wow, the people showed up. This is amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, like, is anyone going to turn up and hear about comic books being made at a comic book show? Is always a great question to ask. We'll really standing room only. I, my name is uh, Keith Kalbeck. I am a blogger. I write a blog called I helping.com Minimalism in a Nerdy World. Uh, and uh, I really have been enjoying the last couple of years getting into other aspects of comics besides the, the writer and the penciler uh, at, various, at these conventions the last couple of years. So I did one on inking and I thought uh, lettering is one of the parts of comic creation that uh, is often uh, unnoticed or underappreciated. So I brought a couple of friends with me to talk about lettering for a few months there.
1: My name is Finlu Cullen. I am the creator, uh, illustrator, sometimes writer, and letterer for the comic series Crash and Burn. Um, It's a queer space opera. You can find it at cd-comic.com. And just for reference, I use the pronouns they... Uh,
2: My name is Ryan Ferrier. I'm a local comic writer. Uh, I write for IEW, Boom, I've done some Marvel work. Um, But I also letter. I've done that for about... Close to 10 years now, and I've lettered for pretty much every major publisher. Uh, Currently, I'm lettering uh, Rat Queens for Image and a bunch that I'm actually forgetting right now. Uh, (laughs) And I also letter my own work when I can.
3: Uh, Yeah. Do you want me to Google you so Do not Google me, whatever you do. (laughs) Please. Uh, I am Alexander. I'm the editor-in-chief at Renegade Arts Entertainment. Um, We're an Alberta-based comics and graphic novel publisher operating out of Canmore. Um, And I'm here as the the voice of reason when these creative types go crazy (laughs) with their electrical design, to just calm things down so everyone can actually read the comic. And I should say it's usually the writer and the artist that get carried away, and then poor people like Brian have to deal with it. The craziness that they want in a comic, which will make their
1: comic illegible. If you do all of them and you get carried away, you have to deal with
0: it. <laughs> if if the writer gets behind, they get extra time. If the artist gets behind, they get extra time, um, and all of that comes out of whose job? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I want to start with now, Finn. You you do basically everything uh, except for the writing, but
1: I Um, help with the writing too, I I, I manage the musicians, I kind of do everything.
0: (laughs) So uh, what was the process learning for how you were going to get into the lettering process as picking that up?
1: Uh, Well picking up on the fly was difficult, Um, it was helped with, uh, for our first two chapters we had a writer who really liked big text bubbles, she loved dialogue. so you'll notice after about chapter two, when we have a new writer on board, um, my lettering job became about 4,000 times easier, um, but I do kind of find lettering to be part of art design and page design in general, um, so when you're working on page layouts and you're trying to figure out where the eye should be led and where um, the important elements go, it's easy to consider where the text should go at the same time.
0: And Ryan, what was, what was your process? What did you... What did you have to learn to get in, to start into lettering? Like when I started? Yeah.
2: Um, okay, so I w- this was probably 2008 um, and I, I there's my first comic that I wrote and I pitched it and for some reason the publisher was like, yeah, okay. And I was like, but okay, this never happened. So when it got time to do the, the lettering um, at that time, my day job was a graphic designer and, and so my editor on the book, um, said, well, you, you do design, you, you know the software, so why don't you just do the lettering? And it wasn't a case of them trying to just, you know, cut corners and say costs because they paid me for the lettering. Uh, but at the time, I was like, I don't know how to do that. But, okay, I'll give it a whirl. And I learned very quickly that just because you know the software in and out, does not a good letterer make. Uh, and so, it's, it's, it was terrible. So, what I learned was that uh, it, there's very much a craft to lettering and although the learning curve is shorter than learning how to color or, or you know, so much shorter than learning how to, how to illustrate, um, it still has its own kind of set of rules and, and nuance and, and technique that, that takes a long time, uh, a, relatively speaking, a time to learn. Um, I, I, I always say it's like, you know that video game Guitar Hero where you press the buttons and you strum the thing? There's that like that orange, that damn orange button. <laughs> when you're first playing it, you're like, you're like, this is impossible. There's no like, I need to grow another finger to reach that orange button. And then one day you just hit the orange button, and you're like, oh, this is simple. That's kind of what lettering's like, I find. Once you your brain kind of gets used to it, you just suddenly you're able to
0: hit that high note.
1: Yeah, I think you have to start seeing a lot of things that, as a reader and even as an artist, you don't look for. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, Alexander, I'm going I'm to change the question around. You're you're in the position of hiring letterers. Yep. How how did they prove to you that they're going to be able to bring that aspect to your book?
3: Um, so, I don't know. Like, if you're really a comic geeky publishing person, you know who letterers are and colorists and flatters and things like that. Like, do you guys know many letterers? Like, do you look at lettering credits in books and go, "Oh, cool! So and so's lettering this book." No one. Is, like,
2: Top
0: five <laughs> lettering. uh <laughs> <right. So, laughs> <yeah>, Sean <laughs> down the front. Um, I
3: can get that. Like, do you guys know who's won more Eisner awards than anybody else in history of comics? Like, the panel title may give you a clue as to what type. It a job job? working it Todd Klein. Top line. Top line. Said, yeah. Top line. A, a letterer has more Eisner awards than anybody else, right? Whatever, yeah. it's top line. And top line, do you guys know who top line is? Hey, letters to Saman comics. He's like Neil Gaiman's go-to guy. Yeah. Um, and he was my first letter. Like I was introduced to him through John Walton, the artist. Um, and he was like, "Yeah, Todd needs to do my book." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I will talk to this legend." And I emailed Todd, and he was a really nice guy. And he costs more than some writers do to letter a book. Like, it's crazy, but he's been my mentor for lettering design and production design in comics. And so he's my benchmark. The guy with more awards for winning previous comic lettering than anybody else is my benchmark. And now Ryan is my benchmark. What else? That's some pretty nice. I haven't got an Eisner yet, but. Well, you... we're working on it. We're on it, when a creative team comes to me and they haven't got a letterer they want to work with, um, I talk to a small team of letterers who I know will do a really professional job and there'll be no bullshit with it and they'll be on time and they won't do something crazy just for the sake of it. Because if you don't notice the lettering, on a letterer usually has done a brilliant job. You only really notice the lettering when something's gone wrong. And maybe it's because the artist didn't leave space for the lens, so something important gets covered. Or maybe it's the writer written too much dialogue, and there's no way it can be cut because it just happens to be the most important dialogue in the whole book, right. and it takes 120 words to get it into this one panel. Yeah. And you say, "Well, electric sucks on this page," but everybody else screwed up in the letter and takes the
2: fall. It's part. a bad script, I mean, You know, it's not not to Ooh. go on a tangent, but like an example like that is don't blame the artist at all. It's like it's all the writer's fault. Yeah, it's a visual medium. art you know. It's like I've seen it as a letter. Sometimes for other people's work, my work is pretty great, but other, <laughs> other other people's work, it's like you know, uh, just just cut the script down. Just keep cutting it down. Yeah.
3: yeah, the creative conversation sometimes between the letter, the writer, the artist, and with the editor in the middle can be a political minefield, especially if you're dealing with a couple of. Um, Superstars. So the writer and the artist both think they're the most important person on the project, and neither one of them wants to the budge. I mm-hmm. mean, trying to walk between them. And meanwhile, the letter is crying and chanting, "Delay it You know, I do. I just, I just delay it
2: a day. Wait for it. All <laughs> no, if they make a mistake, I'll just be like, "Well, wow, I can do it when I can do it." Right. Not it. Have,
0: you, have geez, you ever had? <laughs> <much time. laughs> Oh
2: no! Let my
0: you don't. You don't have to name names. But have you ever, Ryan? Have you ever had to communicate with uh, the writer and say this is just too many words?
2: Yes. I did. I did once because the, I'm not going to name names, obviously. Uh, but it was it was it was a nightmare. Every page took me like the amount of time it would letter three normal pages, and uh, it was just too much. It was just too much, and the the. You know, I kept on saying, "like I, I need to, we need to do something with this panel and covering up stuff." There's literally nothing I can do uh, to make this work, and so they, you know, they cut up, you know, shortened sentences here and there. And then for the next issue, the, the the person who sent the script said, uh, "Do you want me to do placements?" And what placements mean is sometimes um, an editor or a writer, when they send you the the finished art pages that you letter over. And a script, usually you just need a script, and you put it in over the pages. Sometimes they'll send you what's known as placements. It's, they say it's to make the lettering process go faster, so you can see where the bubbles go. But it's like it, that's not at all true. It's <laughs> like, okay, that's like that's like that's like a like like someone saying like, okay, hey, the gas pedals on this and that one's on that when you're a truck driver. So, so the, so this person said, "Do you want placements for this issue?" And I was like, "Dude." Um, no, it's not gonna make a difference because the lettering's not gonna fit with your placements. and that actually that was not good. Um, don't that, try to do
1: half my job for me. Yeah, <laughs> well, me and it. they were
2: like, "You got write too much," and there was like a big ego mm. thing after that. And I'm not, I
0: don't letter in that book anymore.
1: But
0: hey Finn, do you do you ever want because you're co-writing mm-hmm. and doing that? Do you ever kind of look forward down the road on the plan of well, this, this is a lot of words, I, I can either leave all the words or and draw less. Yeah. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever end up in a situation where you gotta make that balance early on?
1: Um, yes, I actually usually do lettering plans as part of storyboarding. Um, so Kate and I have kind of an unusual relationship as far as how we divide our work, um, because even the writing is somewhat collaborative. Um, so I get scripts that have enough visual description that she knows that I'm going to do something good with it, um, but at the same time, she doesn't even put in... Sometimes she'll put a suggested page break, but she doesn't necessarily even put in page breaks for me. Um, so it's kind of all up to my discretion where I think uh, everything goes. Um, so if I have a really good idea for a page that she may be imagined as um, kind of a normal conversation, but I'm like, this would make a really good two-page spread. Um, yeah, usually is. At least roughed out in just my thumbnails for storyboards.
2: Could have been the next great letter, but they walked out. Yeah.
3: I <laughs> <My> work now. <laughs> do, do you two both work in um, Illustrator?
1: No, I use a strange hodgepodge of programs.
2: I think, Yeah, I'm only for for one person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who's Who's the last person to actually you know calligraphy style handwriting? Um, yeah.
2: Nate Picos does a lot still. Yeah? Yeah, and um, Russ Wooten and Richard Starking, they
0: do. Star- a Starking, uh, as even though he invented every font, yeah. <laughs> yeah. does hand lettering. That
1: means he can do them all.
0: <laughs> oh, you know,
2: Staples does some hand lettering in Saga. So oh, nice. Hand lettering. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, when we letter... letter is, some, uh, well, how do you know? Oh, because the character, um, whose name I forget, you can tell because it looks like it's mm-hmm. yeah. Isabel. Yeah. yeah. Can
3: you, can you visualize Saga now? <laughs> <laughs> Isabel's stuff isn't usually in, in the movies, so uh, yeah, it's agree. in the art. I think. Yeah, William Simpson does a lot of uh, sound effects in his artwork, so chaka-chaka-chaka, and chaka, chaka, boom, all these things will be an element of the artwork. And... Um, I'm doing, we're doing a book with William Simpson at the moment. Um, anybody know who William Simpson is? More than Irish mm-hmm. uh, artist. Did vamps for Vertigo. Uh, just had done a little Predator stuff. Oh, um, uh, Constantine. Hellblazer. Hellblazer, yeah. Yeah, Constantine. Did um, that, man. Um, who? Yes, what's superhero? I don't read superhero comics. Oh, you bad. kids. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> i 'm going to pick a couple of uh, i 'm just picking random pages um, so Finn mentioned that it's moving the eye around the page mm-hmm. um, so just because i picked I just picked a page that's got a bunch of uh, a bunch of balloons
1: mm-hmm.
0: now where do you? Where do you want, how do you want the eye to flow across this?
1: I'm going to say, uh, this is a really bad example, Pete. Oh, right. Um, this, <laughs> is like, this, is, this, is, this chapter is a really good example of when your writer gives you too much text and doesn't oh, let you perfect. write it down.
0: Well, let's, let's have an example. of. So, I wasn't going to pick a bad page. I just picked a random page. So let's, mm-hmm. let's have a challenging yeah. example. Let's yeah, call yeah, this yeah. a challenge. So did you do the art before you had this amount of script?
1: Um, she gave me a script with, Uh, No, this isn't Kate. (laughs) I don't want to. This is Kate is good. Um, um, She gave me a script that had no visual description, no background, and only dialogue. Um, This is me doing my best on a deadline. So.
2: (laughs) I like to say balling on a
1: budget. Yeah, yeah. This is also after. This is after significant editing. Um, when this went up online it was even more crowded Um, so this is definitely like I have a whole lot of conversation that if I don't make it if I don't fit it into these two pages or these ten pages um, it's going to be three chapters of this conversation Um, so this is an example of just trying to balance like I want it to move along I want the story to still move and that did end up sacrificing the more visual elements, um, so I wouldn't say it's like the best example I have of like leading the eye in a good way. Um,
0: but it's a, it's an interesting example of of where the where the art kind of has to work around that because, as mm. as Ryan said, with too many words, you end up with you know, panels like this where you're trying to have some action, you're trying to have some movement in it, uh, but you've got a lot to work around. Yeah. Uh, find me a good page. And we'll I will.
1: Like, anything like later, <laughs> closer to the end of the book, I would say is better.
0: I'm going to find a random page from. Uh, Finn, from looking
3: me. at the. from what I could see there, um, how did you choose your font? Um, like what was the, the creative choice behind that font choice?
1: It was free. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? As, as we are professional comic makers, that lazy. Roll into so many decisions. If it's free, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, I like I like I. Have, I have so many fonts in. Eighty-five percent of them are free fonts. That's
3: the nice thing about letters.
1: Yeah, um, it was also something everybody that I was working with agreed looked okay. Yeah. So that was good enough for me. Yeah.
3: And the other thing I noticed was you didn't have outlines um, to your buildings. So was that a statistic choice?
1: Um. Yeah, that was also a. Uh, it's a, it's a team decision, so when you're working um, on a really small team that uh, no one's getting paid on until you sell, um, everybody has to love what they're doing, so it was a stylistic choice that was hmm, 50% mine. Um, but I think it was ultimately just because we're going with a lineless style and having the text bubbles outlined kind of, it kind of changed for that. Right, it's
2: nice. Thank you. Yeah,
0: it suits the hard, for sure. So you, Ryan, you mentioned most of your fonts are free. Yeah. How many how many fonts would you vary on an individual project?
2: Um, like, on a series, very rarely will there be more than three fonts. Like, you'd only have different fonts. I mean, for my personal style, everyone's letter style is different, but I usually only use different fonts if, if it's, like, a monster character or a robot character, mm-hmm. something that's distinctly... Do you have uh, your own really like nice. signature
3: font like, that you use? Uh, you? Yeah,
2: like it, it changes every year. It's kind of like one year I'm into this, and the next year I'm into this. Right now, I use um, Moritz; as my go-to. And it's I like nice. It's kind of sketchy. It's kind of
0: you know spindly. I don't know. I'm a font geek. So. Now, Ryan, your work on the Dave trilogy, uh, you you were coming from the direction of the writer and the letterer yes so do you communicate with the artists um you know leave tons of white space on this one because uh i've got Um, some i got some speechifying to do
2: that's a good uh speech question that's my word yeah that's a technical
0: term yeah
1: yeah. i can't believe you don't know that
2: (laughs) that's a good question i think that um in the case of uh the Dave series and the Hot Damn series. That's me and Valentin um, as a two-person total team. So he does all the visuals, I do the writing and lettering, and I think that we have a very um, uh, really organic, natural uh, creative relationship. And so I like we we work so well together that I kind of write to him and he draws to me. So it's it's almost. Seamless, um, and I think that that came from me making a lot of mistakes along the way and, and getting over those hurdles. I think that, um, there's a few times where, uh, I'll, I'll make a specific note that it's like, hey man, like, there's a lot of, of text, so or I'll save those for splash pages or something, but for the most part, um, we're a, a well oiled mission.
0: I want to get into some technical things before we get into questions. Uh, now, lettering can set pacing. In, uh, so you've made a choice here with the way these uh, narrative go, uh, the narrative boxes go and then mm-hmm. speech and return narrative. Right. So what are some ways, aside from what we're just looking at, that you can use the lettering to speed up or slow down the, the reader?
2: Well, in that case... The captions that you're looking at in that panel, um, those are not like there's. You can have captions where it's someone talking that you're quoting, or you can have a narrative uh, ca- uh, caption. So that's what that, that is. So that's like the TV show, like things weren't so good. You know, like that kind of thing. So what, that's why I, I, I kind of broke it down and kind of staged it that, that way, just because you want to have a more succinct uh, set of beats as opposed to just one big box. Uh, and it also helps the, the reader read sometimes when you make little little finger
0: foods instead of a
3: big meal. And yeah.
0: Well, and you've made that you've made that choice here of how you're breaking up these boxes. I mean, this could be one giant bubble. Yeah. Um, one uh, one big balloon. So what how what do you max out on a, on um, on
2: well I mean in that in that case too it's because you want to you, it's some. It's a, it's, a, it's a character talking and you want to kind of um put a map in the reader's head that they can kind of sense some nuance in how that person's talking and it's just as simple as breaking up a big chunk of, of text um, yeah. that's a good example on the screen right
3: now um, I do a lot of work trying to get non-readers and reluctant readers to read something, and comics is a great way of getting somebody who's, I don't want to read, whether it's because they're dyslexic and the words just move around on the page, or they're just scared of reading, or they never got a chance to learn how to read properly, and they've just kind of bullshited their way through school and everything, just getting by. Um, I know a lot of kids would not read a panel with that much dialogue in it if it was not spaced out as well as that is. And so as an editor, I'm, I'm constantly looking to see, alright, we, we need to make this less intimidating for readers, because we'll lose 20% of our audience as soon as they look at a page, and go, I ain't doing that, it's too much work. Yeah, looks, looks like else? a paragraph. <laughs> it's yeah. the mindset.
2: And I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's, it's the one thing I, it comes down to for everything, be it lettering, be it writing, everything. It's a visual medium. Trust the artist. Let the artist do the heavy work. It is the hardest work. So I think, like, in that page, that's a lot of lettering. Um, that's and that's my fault because I overwrite. But um, you know, it, it's. But well, yeah.
3: yeah. That doesn't. Well, you know, I, scary. I, I work with what I got.
2: And but a rule of thumb I do is for each balloon, take uh, I, I don't I don't I don't put more in that balloon than, that could fit in a single tweet. So like 100 point cap. So sometimes if I'm like this is gonna be too long, I'll bring up Twitter and I'll draft it. There's probably, <laughs> my drafts and Twitter are like messed up of like weird, <laughs> weird balloon tests.
3: That's
0: <laughs> good. Almost every letterer I know um, uses that rule. Yeah. The, I, I,
3: I, I learned from Fog the Mighty to never go from 25 words mm-hmm. in, a, in a balloon. It's yeah.
0: great. Do you have another page for us to look at? Um,
1: yeah, it's just some of the more, the later stuff. <laughs> this one is. Uh, they're both alright.
0: Alright. Well, let's go with this one. There's more, there's more balloons. So now you've made a choice here uh in general, uh, comics use kind of a Z shape on a single page that you want the the eye obviously will start here, move this way, come back here, finish off um, and of course changes depending on the layout of the page, but that's more or less and you've actually made this choice, which is interesting um, so what were you going for leading the eye
1: um well, it was uh can you move it up a bit? Yeah. Um, because that character is also down here. Um, I it was again balancing with the art, trying not to get uh, not to get to get to to get too much dialogue all in one panel um, to break up the sentence in that same like one tweet way, um, but still to have it uh, to avoid having like a tail crossing the full page of artwork. Um, so having it connected across kind of. I think a way you would normally already be looking, um, was a better solution to me um, than blocking the action for the, the rest of the page. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about that. The, the, that's something that, that people might not know uh, is kind of a rule of thumb for lettering, um, the use of the tails mm-hmm. and how they go across the artwork. So what you were trying to avoid then is that you have this balloon that is the next one to read, you have this person speaking, So the only way to do that with the way the art is done is go this way, which is no good, go this way, or move this balloon, which also isn't going to work. So again, uh, again you've got that, uh, you need to keep the eye moving in the right direction.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm trying to maintain the order of speech as well.
0: Um, We'll do do this one actually, because that's got the same challenge
1: of the order of speech right um, so in this one uh, it was split up interestingly um, I think for uh, for the top of the page I did want to lead um, the art down to the text um, so it has a bit of like the visual effect at the top of the page which is not really on screen um, so these are uh, uh, these visual elements that we're trying to get just to work together to lead you down to the first couple of text bubbles um, And then with that it was again like uh, they're having a conversation and they're switching um, pretty quickly uh, but not in an important enough exchange to extend it to like a five-panel kind of interaction. Um, So the tails in this one are to alternate the speaker, um, to have these ones kind of the one and two and then you move down to the next panel and go across.
0: And not in the sense of critiquing Ryan, but is this, <laughs> is this the direction you would take if you were.
2: I was just going to point out, and I don't want to speak at all for Finn, but um, this is a great example of using lettering spacing pacing, because you might have a, a less intuitive letterer that would just kind of fill the space, but you maybe don't want to just fill the space. You, you kind of want to let, you know, uh, highlight the art when and where it needs to be highlighted. Is that a word?
1: Sure, sure, it is. If, if
0: saying, everyone knows what it means, you, that's perfect. Twenty-five cents every <laughs> time someone says highlight. Yeah. But again, you've you've started yeah in this panel with text instead mm-hmm. of jamming all of that in these two.
1: Yeah, um, it is also kind of to indicate that like the characters are speaking while watching the event. So part of that is like a pacing thing. It's not that they're all just looking at each other to have a conversation. That they're also paying attention to what the visuals are doing. It's
3: transitional. Did you have to work hard to get this page to work for you?
1: Um. I wouldn't say it was harder than all the other pages I had to do. <laughs> um, one of the challenges about being someone who does take on so many um, parts of comic making um, is that we do re- release one page a week, uh, and I work full-time. Um, so again, it is a balance between visual elements and writing elements and lettering elements and sleep. Um, and also, it is in our form, I'm still learning. so. Um, I think that when, now that the mistakes I can see that I've made in the past are uh, useful to me, but again, it is always like a, it's always an equation, like how much, how many times can I go over this? How much time do I have to spend fixing it? And uh, making it something that's like more artful versus something that's finished.
2: Right. It's a great point, Um, it's it's a really good point because I feel like Lettering is one of the art forms where it's, it never loses the problem-solving aspect or the challenge mm-hmm. aspect. So it's, it's a perfect balance of trying to figure
0: out a puzzle while also applying some sort of craft. So, that's, yeah, that's a really good point. And I think it's, it's interesting you're crossing the gutters here.
1: That is actually one thing that I, uh, we discussed when talking about doing um, speech bubbles that had no outlines. Um, and something that I've actually been adapting a bit in later chapters is that I've added, uh, if they're on a very light background, um, we've kind of decided not to change the, sorry, excuse me, change the color of the text bubble. Um, we've kept them as white because, um, again, if you change the tone of a text bubble, um, it changes the tone of the speech, um, and it kind of implies like a different voice or just something different about what's being said. Um, so to avoid that we've actually started doing like a or I've started doing like a light gray outline that's smaller. Um, so it still kind of maintains a lineless look but uh, doesn't um, it doesn't have the kind of visual messiness of crossing over a white panel border.
0: Now we're going to take a couple questions in a minute. Um, I've reviewed comics for quite a few years for various places and uh, it always comes up that the letters do not necessarily get the attention that the pencilers, inkers, cover artists um, colorists and letterers might be in competition for who gets the, the least amount of credit <laughs> uh, but one of the challenges I've had reviewing comics is how to review um, when lettering is done well. I can, I can certainly critique when, in a review when lettering's not done well but what as a reviewer should I I'd be looking for when I'm going through a book and I'll take from Alex. Senator, um, oh, uh, we haven't heard from in ages. Let's, yeah.
3: If you haven't noticed it, then it's good. Like, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't notice. You should just be lost in a story. Yeah. So if you're like, whoa, I don't know what's going on here. Which, uh, how, like, Should I read this? It's going first, but it's going first, and something's not working. And it may be the lettering. It may be the art. It may be the script. maybe the editor was drunk and didn't pay attention. <laughs> and that things slide. Not unlikely. <laughs> What are you saying? Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you're just enjoying the story and lettering is awesome and you should nice. Unless it. you're a total letter lettering trash verb like me, and I'm like, whoo, lettering. <laughs> right?
2: What okay, oh, but what's wow. you
1: what makes you say that?
0: Oh,
2: the the shorter and sharper the tail.
0: Shorter and sharper the tail. <laughs> I don't know.
3: <laughs> right, we're we'll working on a book together at the moment, Ben Rankles, uh on Frank. Frank Thriller, et cetera, and the uh, Frank Sliders after 1903. Um, and Ben wanted to do the book in sentence case, like Wick's case, which is, like, not many books are lettered in that case. And the first thing that went through my head was, well, that's going to take Brian twice as long to do, than just do all out the case. Because when we've done sentence case books before, that's what another letter sent to me. But I don't, I don't know, know if you, no. it, we haven't talked about it. No, Because I have, I have a very specific font that I know
2: when we're doing Mixed case, as I like. Right. To push and roll. Um, <laughs> um, that's pretty much the only font I use. It's. And I just stole it from. The right. fuse.
3: Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Um,
1: I do want to say one thing that I do notice uh, when lettering is really good is, um, especially for sound effects, uh, onomatopoeia makes me cringe. Uh, unfortunately, it's kind of necessary for comics be- because you need that extra sensory element to make it just more engaging. Um, but when I see especially sound effects that A, don't make me cringe, um, and B, that work very well with the art, um, like if there's a water effect and the sound will actually swirl with the way the water's going or just something like that that works so perfectly with the art um, that's that, that synchronizes well with what you're looking at visually, that I love to share. Yeah, that's actually
2: my least favorite part of lettering, some sound effects. Mm-hmm, me because too. Because I, I love when, when it looks really natural at all. Yeah.
1: It adds a lot when it's done well, but it, it's so cringy because I have to write, like, a Luga.
2: <laughs> yeah, my mom's name is Awooka.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, that
0: was
1: good. I haven't actually used that one yet.
0: So. Do you hand letter those? Then? Yes. So we've got three here.
1: Yeah.
0: And Ryan, do you ever, do you ever get out the, uh, the pencil, or is it all?
2: Uh, no, I, I can't. I have no, like, coordination with doing this. Um, although I have been kind of experimenting with uh, tails, and I started on a new book, the one I did for Dynamite in the end. For off-panel, when someone's talking off-panel, there will be a balloon, and then there'll be like a tail that goes, you know, and it just stops So someone off-panel's talking. Um, and I, I started doing, I used a blob brush tool, and so I'd have the, b- the balloon with the text in it, and then I'd just take my mouse and just go, Bleh, like that, You know, it takes a few times to do it, but Mm -hmm. I got a cool effect, so I'm kind of getting more comfortable with
0: with that. That's as far as it'll go. But I love that the music swelled as you yeah, (laughs) so
1: inspiring. (laughs) Yeah, the hand lettering stuff is a also kind of a. It's more like graphic design to me than it is like art because, or not the graphic design, it's not art, but like illustration, um, because it's so precise and like the number of times I have to rewrite, like bang. Um, to make sure that it's at the right, it's the right size, and my letters are legible, um, and it has the right angle, and it, it, its tedious.
2: That's a, that's a really good point. I mean, um, because there, there is a way. Once you become an experienced letter and you, you know, you do it for years or for many books, you kind of think, kind of—it um, uh, uses a very specific part of your brain that's that's maybe not, not to disregard the craft of lettering, but it's not as you know, as illustrator. Um, so like, I still I tell people because there's a lot of people who when they're writers that they, and, and they kind of after some years they stop lettering, um, whether it's because they're too busy or they feel like I don't need to letter anymore. Um, so I get people ask, are you still lettering? And sorry, that's humble brag. But like, <laughs> I I do it because it's the, it's the one thing I get to do in comics where where I can kind of chill out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the I can't listen listen to music when I write because I can't focus. So I like lettering because it's, I get to listen to music, be productive, and kind of just take a day to do that.
1: That makes sense to me yeah. too. Uh, it's, it takes me probably about another 15 to 20 minutes, depending on the page, after the page is done. But I do it immediately after finishing the art. Oh, cool. So it's like a treat.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a little treat. Like uh,
1: I'm like, I've just spent two hours finishing yeah. this and my hand hurts. Now I can use the mouse. <laughs> it's like a cool
2: down after a, a run. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse than not a really stressful day, that's your Man, I look forward to it sometimes. I have so many typos on the page that I'd miss when I was editing my own work that yeah. I just had to, to hang myself. With well, I'm also
2: if I'm lettering um, other people's work, sometimes I, I don't correct. I'm like Ron Burgundy. Eyes oh, in I the script, it's just going on there. the page. Like, <laughs> you notice that? Maybe. Yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's my point.
0: <laughs> uh, we got a few minutes to do some questions. Right up front, third row for Alex, uh, you,
2: uh, you mentioned twenty-five words. A uh, business friend of mine, just uh, a successful Kickstarter for a graphic novel, and he's constantly getting lectured. You know, no more twenty-seven words per bubble.
3: Twenty-eight is right out. Uh, I wondered if there's a guideline, that number, and/or are there other guidelines? That... Uh, twenty-five was like thugs. 10 rules for writing comics. Oh. Like Thug is the editor of 2018, like the longest running anthology comic like in England, which I grew up in. Um, and uh, 25 words is a guideline, but if those are all really long words, then that's not going to work. Very but I always, if I'm worried about a script, then I will read the words in every balloon, because I can, with a lot of writers, I can say, you have got 28 words on average in your balloons, they're too long, bring your average down to 20. And it's an easy thing to say, rather than you need to condense this paragraph yeah. here into a sentence. Yeah. Like, just keep your averages down. It goes back to the fallback numbers. Yeah. The words are not as important as they are. Yeah, and so many, I get a lot of pitches, and so many people write what's happening in every panel. We're going to drive to the bank as they get in the car. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, 140 characters is, is, is
1: 140 you know, characters, that's that's a good
2: rule. You got the Twitter points. one, it's a good rule. 142. It's okay. 138 <laughs> gaming. <laughs> you should
0: always print uh, it out, shred it. Yeah. Yeah. Finn, do you use any kind of guideline? Or?
1: Um, yeah. I actually use more just my. I don't want my visual intuition. Yeah. Um, Just eyeball it. But, yeah, I eyeball it. Um, it's It depends on the art, and it depends on, like, I can feel when a text bubble's way too big. Um, I also... The only, the only one I have is I can't... If I'm trying to edit down text, um, I use shorter synonyms for one, um, and there's, like, a minimum font size before it's not readable. So... Um, other than that, no, I usually just uh, whatever I can fit and if I can't fit it, um, Kate's pretty lenient about me editing it myself, but if I can, if I absolutely, I'm like, I, I can't, I can't put this on the page, um, I just ask her to come and give me something else.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. All right, any other questions? Right here.
1: Okay, I want to actually direct my question at Finn, if that's okay. Sure. Um, because you seem to not like onomatopoeias, and one thing I noticed um, in high school when I was starting to read more manga is that mm-hmm. they tend to use a lot of onomatopoeias yes. on the pages. Do you find that stylistically it's too distracting to look at it, or do you feel that it actually creates atmosphere for those stories? And I apologize if you're not explaining about manga. I am, and I actually have to say, uh, the way manga does sound effects is about eight million times better um, than anything I've ever seen in a western comic. Um, I think part of that is just to do with, like, the characters. I think the characters themselves are maybe easier to stylize, or maybe they have a different, it's just a different history of using sound effects. Um, but I've seen some very artful uses of sound effects that I can't read, um, and that are not translated, but uh, that I can understand. Um, so I, uh, my criticism of onomatopoeia is more toward... A Western style of it, where um, i don't I don't know I haven't figured out what it is to me that is the difference um, or like why I don't know if it's inherent in like our alphabet or if it's um, just like we have less of a history of pushing sound effects into background elements because um, I think in manga you use a lot of there's screen tones and there's a lot of just forsaking the background completely—that's um, a little bit less common uh, in Western comics. So, yeah, I have to say my my manga is a really really good at lettering, um, and it's always remarkable to me that I can't I can't read them, but I know what sound it is. Uh,
0: another question?
1: Questions? Questions? Also, I think that,
2: to, to touch on what you said. Uh, it's it's I think it a lot of the poor use of sound effects in Western comics is just from inexperienced writers. I mean, that's that's part of you know learning and becoming a better writer. You just kind of like when you first started, like yeah, this happens. Action, sound effect. Another action, sound effect. Like I'm a huge fan of less is more sometimes, and using sound effects for punctuation as opposed to just like it's the same thing of like why would you why would you say something. When you're showing it at the same time, mm-hmm. like, and you don't need a big slam or a pow or, if you can see it. or you know if you can see it, so it's overused a lot. And I, I use sound effects quite a bit. There's one demon opening up a uh, soda can, but I like don't I, I like weird sound effects like fist. And <laughs> I actually use a lot of sound effects that are like for humor, like a, like I remember I did um, a Golden Girls comic, and it was
0: and it's amazing yeah
2: and it was like the golden girls were actually like when they retired they were in witness protection because they were Soviet era sleeper cells and they but is there any can I swear is it kidding tears already yeah like, this is boring uh, and um, yeah like the, the sound effects weren't like um, onomatopoeic type of and they they were they were actual words like like Blanche was like choking a dude with like a James Bond like thigh choke, mm. and it said like sex choke, and like <laughs> and like and like the the um, um, Dorothy was like unloading a machine gun into a, 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 a Russian soldier, and it was like fucking Swiss cheese was like <laughs> so like that like that's great, yeah. Yeah. And actually, I, I kind I didn't steal it, but I I, I was very much inspired by uh, Ryan Brown does uh, curse words for image and god that's the first time I've seen someone do that where they're just like oh there's rules that we can break in lettering mm-hmm. so let's just do what we want to do that's funny
1: Yeah. Um, actually another example of that about manga as well is that often um, in manga you'll see lettering outside of text bubbles that's still a character talking or thinking um, that's just kind of tertiary like it's not important text um, but it adds Comedy or that flavor yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's used a bit too much. Sometimes you're cramming a ton of text and you're giving information that's not important and doesn't add a ton either. So, but it, when it's used well, it, it can be very funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ryan, is that something you put into your scripts, or do you say, "Hey, put a explosion sound effect here"?
2: Um, if I'm if I know I'm not lettering the book, like then I I. I Will choose to write it in. Um, if I know I'm lettering my own script, then like I'll mostly write it if it's if it's a distinct funny thing or or if or like if it's I'm choosing. KPIS panel needs dialogue or sound effects. Sorry, and and that's the nice thing about lettering your own work is that it's funny you Dave as an example because. Um, I, a lot of the jokes, because Dave's kind of like a more comedic book. A lot of the jokes in Dave, it's like, I, like I'll rewrite massive pages of dialogue while I'm lettering, because I'll like look at the whole page and be like, eh, this isn't really funny. I need another like fart joke or something. <laughs> so, or like the sound effects. Sometimes I'll be like, okay, I can do like a few
0: sound effect. So, yeah, it's the benefits. We got. We're right at the end. I'll take one. This last question. Uh, as writers, has there ever really been any one where you decide whether an uh, artist is going to carry the pacing in or what going to carry the pacing?
1: I'm all of those things, so it's all, I, yeah, it's all my decision anyway.
3: <laughs> it's, that,
0: I saw a panel in the you had, like, uh, three of, the ones, three of the Right. Whereas, uh, you could have had about 15, four panels or three panels
3: or something. Right.
2: Yeah, in, in the case of that, it's me and Val, the artist on Dave, we have, like, we have such a, a great way of working together where, um, like, I know what is reasonable to fit on one page when I write a script, and, and when I write, I write full script, so I write panel one, this will happens to panel two, you know, I break down each panel, but that's that's just, that's just a, a very loose map to you. and so that, really that pacing, like, that's, that's uh, mostly vowels hard work um, just because it, it's so visual that no matter what I write, you know, the first thing that your eye kind of picks up is his face of the forehand.
0: Alright, let's, let's say goodbye. Alexander, where can they find you and, and Renegade's work?
3: Uh, here at the Expo. Come find us at 1222, next to the Red Skull. Um, awesome books. Latin. Brilliantly. Awesome books. <laughs> Ryan. Oh yeah, I'm at B O two, and
2: so that's like if you know where the Cocoa Brooks Pizza is, it's the it's the mirror image on I'm the Bizarro Coco. Okay. <laughs> a hot treat on both ends. That's what. Yikes. Uh, that's the same time I've used that. <laughs> did, it, did it go
1: over well the first
2: time? Went over a
0: little better. Yeah. <laughs> Actually.
1: Um, I'm in big four four five four seven. We're in front of a Spider-Man car. <laughs>
0: All right, and I will be back on a, pan- a panel with Alexander at six thirty in yeah. D, where we're doing uh, uh, Whose script is it anyway, um, which is always a fun fun panel. Uh, you can find me online at uh, uh, I like helping web on Twitter. Thanks for coming, and enjoy the rest of the expo.